Ephesians 3:12 uh, 6:12 tonight. <coughs> That's where we're looking at in our study 6:12 for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. <coughs> Never really been interested in wrestling. They look pretty gross, what I've seen of those wrestler fellas. Huge. And um, <clears throat> they sort of throw each other around a little bit. But um, we're in a, <laughs> in a wrestling match. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. How many, how many different groups are, are, are named in verse 12? Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. There's four of them <coughs> that, are, that are marked out for us in this verse. And so <coughs> we see the equipment we're going to see in the following verses after this. But looking at the adversary we wrestle and the different forms that they take on and uh, we'll pray and ask the Lord to bless us we, before we consider. Thank you Lord for the word and the warning that it gives us against these wicked evil beings that Lord we wrestle against we can't see at a disadvantage in that Lord we are human we are very powerless but you are powerful and you give us that power to wrestle and fight will you give us the armor if we are willing to place it on by faith to resist the devil and he will flee from us Lord bless as we consider these powers and the victory that we can have in Christ ask, we ask and pray in Jesus name Amen <coughs> so our enemies are not people we must look beyond people as we look at this verse. <clears throat> now, Satan may use people to persecute us, lie to us, cheat, hurt, even kill us as they have in church history. This Satan will use them to do that. Our real enemy lurks in the shadows. He's unseen by the human eye, moving people as pawns on the chessboard of time to inflict as much damage as he can against God and his people. And so <clears throat> as long as we see people as the ones we're wrestling against, we're not fighting the right one. <laughs> it's the enemy behind the people. We spend our strength in vain if we fight people. And certainly we see wicked people, we see their evil doings, we see what they get up to. And uh, we, we should know as a Christian who's behind them as we look at verses like this tonight. Um, <clears throat> he wants to inflict hurt on us through people. And people are involved, but they're not the real problem. And you see, when you see what some people do to others in the physical realm and what they do to them is just, just you can't imagine. It's wicked exceedingly. And who is inspiring that person to do it? It's the devil. 
And if you see a whole group of people doing that sort of thing, you say the whole thing's rotten to the core, led by the devil himself. He's there gone. <clears throat> and so it's not an ordinary battle, is it? And we're in a great arena in the fight and wrestling match against the devil. And it does sadden me as a pastor when Christians are used, I'm going to say they're indwelt by the devil, but they are used of the devil to do things against other Christians. God, you know, let their old nature take control. And Satan gets the controlling factor in that and off they go. Let's look to Daniel. We mentioned this in closing last week. In Daniel chapter 2, as Daniel was praying earnestly. <clears throat> and chapter 10, verse 2. Sorry. I'll say chapter 2. <clears throat> chapter 10, verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. He was praying earnestly. In this time of mourning, he realized something was going to happen. He read Jeremiah the prophet and understood by times that things were about to transpire. <clears throat> and his prayer was answered. Verse 12, then said he unto me, this angelic being that came, he said, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to, that, and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard and I am come for thy words. That's putting heaven to work, isn't it? <laughs> That's a mere mortal praying, and straight away, <laughs> these, these angelic, this angelic being was put to answer his prayer. He said unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from that first day, yes, but the prince of the king, in verse 13, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. That's why I didn't come earlier. One and twenty days, that's three weeks. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me and remain there with the kings of Persia. I'm come, he's still, he's still there. So there's quite a warfare going on that we can't see. And that's the princes of the world involved there. Verse 20 to 21. Then said he, Knowest thou whence I came unto thee? And now I will return to fight with the prince of Persia, and when I am gone forth to lo, the prince of Greece shall come. <clears throat> but I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. Uh, there is none that beholdeth with me these things, but Michael, your prince. Huh. So Daniel's prayer was answered after three weeks, and the angels and demons were doing battle. And these, these demonic beings were influencing the kings that the angels were trying to combat at that time. Let's turn to the New Testament, chapter 2 of Second Timothy. It's... Uh, <clears throat> that uh, the servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle and apt to teach patient in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth 
and um, <clears throat> they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. And so he's actively doing this to and upon people in Ephesians where we are in Ephesians chapter 2 earlier in the book. Verse 2, we all, and uh, we looked at this on a Sunday morning, we in times past walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. And so <clears throat> this is the battle we're in. This is not an ordinary battle. This is a spiritual battle. It's an unseen battle by the human eye. But with by faith we believe the word and know what it says is true. This is an occult battle, we could say. We wrestle Satan's crowned principalities. There are the four that we mentioned earlier in that in chapter six, the crown principalities, the four of these principalities, powers, rules of the darkness of this world, wicked spirits in high places. Can't see them. <clears throat> Where did these beings come from? Why? <laughs> the question you've probably been put by an unsafe. Why did God, if he created all things, create such beings as this? People ask you that question. Did he create them like they are? These evil spirits? No, not at all. He, cre he created them, but he gave them some... Yeah, he gave them a free will, didn't he? He gave them a choice. And many chose to rebel when Satan rebelled. It was in their heart to do so. So can't see them. They came from God's creative hand <clears throat> from before God's throne. Myriads of angels, archangels, cherubim, seraphim that are mentioned in scripture. That <clears throat> We only have a few of the different ones named. And the top of the list was Lucifer, son of the morning, he was called, the anointed cherub that covereth. And how did he go from being an angelic being created by the hand of God, perfect in all his ways, it says in scripture. And then it says, till iniquity was found in him <clears throat> we're born in iniquity <laughs> these were created perfect and chose to go into iniquity so therefore they can't be redeemed we can praise the lord for that now yeah they saw yeah they were they knew what was going on and they and there's no excuse for them they followed Lucifer in his rebellion and that's given as, well, where is it found in scripture? Can you remember? So you, you can just go there when you, when you need to. Isaiah 14. And where was the other portion of scripture? That it, Ezekiel 28. So 14, double, 28. So you can remember it like that, where those, <coughs> these beings are talked about as falling where they put out of their position of privilege because of their rebellion against God. Uh, re rebellion, <laughs> rebellion, as it, as it was told to Saul, is as the sin of witchcraft. Yep, ties it together, doesn't it? And we need to obey. Obedience is the very best way <laughs> to show that we believe. <clears throat> so Satan is Lord of these fallen angels. He's called the God of this world, the Prince of the world, the prince of the power of the air, 
the great dragon in Revelation 12, verse 9, or 3, 7, and 9, the old serpent, devil, Satan, accuser of the brethren. And in verse 4 of Revelation 12, it seemed from that we gather that there was a third of the angelic, created angelic beings that followed Satan. You say, how could they? What was in their, what was in their heart? Why didn't they realize that they're only created beings? But isn't, is man any different? <laughs> is man any different? And at the end of the kingdom, the millennium, there man has seen the Lord Jesus. He dwells on earth at Jerusalem for a thousand years. And Satan's loose for that little season and he goes out and they, they as it says, without, as a sand by the sea, the people that are born in that time follow the devil. He's just <clears throat> bent to do wrong. They know the Lord. They've seen his power. They've understood what he can do and how he, how he can bless the world. But still they do follow him. And so <clears throat> it was old devil that deceived Eve and received or seized the title deeds of the earth from them to rule in defiance of God. And so he's one a crowned principality. We see second, we wrestle Satan's conquering powers or deputies, deputies if you look at that, that outline we have there. Uh, <clears throat> power is exousi, a word used for delegated authority. And so these beings, these demonic beings, uh, uh, have been delegated authority for the <clears throat> liberty and right to exert power, it means. So Satan is powerful, he's diabolical, clever, and tireless. He doesn't have to sleep, but he's not God. He doesn't have the, the attributes of deity. The three main attributes we talk about a lot is Power, all power, all knowing, omnipresent, everywhere present. And so there's the three that uh, he hasn't got enormous power, but hasn't got the power of God. He makes mistakes too. It's been one blunder after another since he fell and rebelled against God. And it's like... He knows what the Bible says, but he still thinks it's not going to happen. Yeah. And he keeps blundering. Uh, yep. yep. And that's what people do too. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so he keeps on attacking and making... He crucified Christ and thought won a victory. <laughs> and, and what that did was provide salvation for all sinners that come to the Lord Jesus. Uh, he rallies the armies of the world against God's people and against nation against nation. He'll rally them in Armageddon, thinking that he, along with all mankind, can can fight God. He rallies them, at, as we mentioned, at the end of the millennium in Revelation 20, verse 7 and 9. And has even after he's been locked up and punished for a thousand years, he still comes out steaming hot and wanting to rebel against God. So he's got great power, but he's not omnipotent. He gives power to people to perform the miracles they do, but they're limited, like Pharaoh's magicians. William Cowper said, <clears throat> Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. 
That's a good thought, isn't it? <laughs> Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. What does that make us think we should do? Pray. pray. <laughs> we should pray. <laughs> and we should pray pointedly and personally and powerfully, fervently and effectually, as the, as the word of God says. Because, you see, it's not us fighting, it's the Lord through us fighting the battle that will win the battle. <clears throat> so Christ's resurrection is a crowning example of Satan's power being broken. He couldn't keep the Lord in the grave. <laughs> Up from the grave, he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. Yes, Satan can move swiftly. He can go millions of kilometres or light years in a flash. But he's not omnipresent. He can only be at one place at one time. Um, <clears throat> sometimes he sets up a throne on earth, a single locality. And that's mentioned in he, um, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 13. Was it Pergamos, I think, there, the church there, where Satan's throne is? Yes, it's Pergamos in verse 13. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. Now, it's not necessarily there now, but it was then. And thou hold fast my name. I've asked the question before. Where do you think his seat might be now? Every foul bird? <laughs> Where else could it be? I mean, with what's the, the evil, just a concentration of evil, just a bent to do wrong all the time. Where did I hear someone? Mm -hmm. Because that's the next move. The big move is in Islamic countries. And uh, the one that's so bent on just, and verbally saying it is Iran right now, isn't it? And it... <coughs> You wouldn't want to live in these sort of places. This church was there, per Church of Pergamos, and he's, they, were, they were there where Satan's seat is. Um, <clears throat> the Bible does not tell us all we might like to know about the spirit world, but we do know that there are ranks in the angelic orders of heaven who didn't fall. There are those that did fall. And several angels are specifically named in Scripture. There's Gabriel, for instance, he stands in God's presence and often appears as the heralding angel. Michael, the archangel, is a warrior. He's like the field marshal of the armies of heaven and he's particularly called the defender of the nation of Israel, the one who will ultimately be God's agent to cast Satan down from the heavenlies where he roams today. Paul mentioned in Colossians 1.16, he called Thrones, dominions, principalities and powers. And at Calvary, Christ spoiled principalities and powers, it tells us in Colossians 2.15. And they're linked to these verses, the verse in verse 12 we looked at in Ephesians 6. With Satan's fallen host, that's the principalities and powers. But the thrones and dominions of Colossians 1.16 would seem to be unfallen angels, ranking in the order they are in heaven. And um, <clears throat> so Satan has his ranks and his order. And the head of his countless demons are principalities, it seems. Princes who share 
with Satan power that, wield, that he, they wield over the affairs of man on earth here. Fallen men, unsaved people, one has said, and I know one has said to me, well, if God is omniscient, omnipotent and everywhere present, why doesn't he do something? (laughs) He's allowing things to run their course so that everybody, every being has a choice to follow willingly, or to rebel against him. And he will gather at the end the host of angels and men that have willingly chosen to say, I will, I believe. And for eternity, it'll be a blessing to be with all those people. You won't want a rebel there at all. There won't be a rebel there. They'll be all assigned to the pit. Principalities share the power with Satan. These ones mentioned in chapter 6 and verse 12. Uh, <clears throat> Paul used to describe these beings as the word archie, which literally means beginning and can be translated chief ruler or magistrate. So principalities are high-ranking governing authorities who are under Satan's control. And Daniel 10, where we were earlier, uh, <clears throat> We learned that from there that Satan places spirit princes over various kingdoms of men on earth. And we mentioned this last week. The prince of Greece, Greece the prince, prince of Persia. And they, the prince of Persia there was powerful enough to hinder the herald angel, Gabriel, as uh, it was mentioned there in Daniel. Keep him from fulfilling his commission for three weeks. So there's a fight going on. Huh. And such crown dignities, dignitaries of Satan wield enormous power, but they are defeated foes. Christ has won the victory. <laughs> he's been crucified, but he's risen from the dead, and he's just waiting for the opportunity or the time, not the opportunity, the time to come and show his power and save or redeem our bodies as we've looked at on Sunday morning. So we wrestle against crown principalities. We wrestle Satan's conquering powers as well. Principalities and powers. Exuse, the word is power, a word used for delegated their authority. Uh, <clears throat> um, as we've, we've looked at that, that verse, that, that word enough, principalities, powers, He doesn't have omniscience, he doesn't have omnipotence, he doesn't have omnipresence. But he is very efficiently (laughs) organised with clever beings who share power with him. Um, Delegated. There's the illustration that I found here. Modern man is in much the same plight as the 17th century man. In 1665... London was in the grip of great, a great, the Great Plague. People were dying by the thousands, faster than they could be buried. Corpses were lined and stacked on the street outside houses. Um, <clears throat> they were hastily dug pits outside on the outskirts of the city. Business came to halt. Courts were closed. People fled London, taking the disease with them. Nobody knew the cause of the plague. The most common notion was that it was 
in the air or the air caused it. So people sealed up their homes to keep from being contaminated from the air from outside. They burned noxious material in their fireplaces to drive out the deadly air. I don't know if it killed any of the germs. <laughs> they buried their noses in flowers. And out of ignorance, they disregarded the most basic rules of sanitation and hygiene. That's where the problem was. Open sewers ran down the streets. Rats and vermin multiplied. Their fleas spread the plague. But people were unable to see any link between the way they lived in unsanitary ways and the spread of the plague. If someone was to go back from our day, back there to 1665, and say that the plague was spread by bacteria that people would not pay him any attention. They would not believe there could be germs so small they could not be seen with the naked eye. And millions of these could be found in every drop of water running down those open sewers. So people knew nothing about germs. Aren't you glad that we uh, live in a day when we, you, can, you can see and work and under the telescope or mi microscope? Mi telescope. Microscope. <laughs> they would have laughed us to scorn if we'd gone back there at that time and tried to explain the real source of their troubles. Because they couldn't be seen, smelt or touched. They suspected <coughs> they couldn't be suspected of passing on the plague. And likewise, most people today do not believe in principalities and powers. Unsaved people, you, if you talk to them about the devil, you're losing it. Yep. They, always, they always reckon there's bad stuff happening in the world all the time. But they won't, they won't blame the devil. They won't see that it's the devil that causes the, these things. They might be interested in the occult, fascinated with ghosts and witches like they, they are today. But most scorn the idea that Satan has organised an organised system and beings working with him around the clock, 24-7, and every month and every year since Creek, since man fell. But if you understand that as a Christian, that's what Paul's leading us to. He's saying this is the this is what's going on. These are the four. Get yourself armed, because if you don't, you could be in big trouble. Unsaved people scoff at the idea that evil spirits hate mankind and are doing a lot of the evil deeds. Um, <clears throat> Why can't we as humans in our organised system and with our intellectual abilities that we have today or they've always had but with all the things we've invented stop the drug trade? Why is it increasing like it is? Who's behind this? Satan. Inspiring evil men to, to produce it and evil people to take it. Why is it <coughs> being so hard to stop <laughs> laws on drunkenness and drink and alcohol it's in every supermarket now you know you can't go anywhere without those sort of places selling that wicked evil stuff who, who is it who's behind this why has sodomy become acceptable today in our society who's behind it why is pornography such a big issue and big business? It's terrible what's happening. and It's good to be ignorant of it, but it, you know it's there. And what goes on in our towns and our cities 
around the country and around the world every night. It's gross. Can you imagine being God and seeing all this happen all the time? My wicked sinners. What about the horrors of the Nazi prison camps? What about abortion? Who's behind all these things? Principalities and powers. These beings in high places. And the bent of man in his old nature who loves to do it. Who loves to do it. To wallow in the sin. To wallow in the sinfulness. So people in general do not know and fail to believe even if they're told about Satan and what the power he wields and what he's, what he's up to behind the scene. Um, <clears throat> people that have been saved out of the occult, which is probably hard, hard for people to be saved out of that, they know <laughs> that how, how real it is. And so we wrestle against the principalities and powers. We'll leave it there. There's the perverted and the many... Many of them, that's the next one, the perverted deceivers. And as was mentioned by Tim before, they're out to deceive and be deceived. <laughs> and then the pr prolific demons that are everywhere doing the work. Then we'll get into the armour at a later time. <clears throat> Don't have the wool pulled over your eyes. <laughs> Don't allow your old nature to go in the way of the wicked. What does it say in Psalm 1? We don't sit and we don't stand. We don't walk with the unsaved in their way. We walk with the saints. We walk with the Lord. Ephesians is all about that, isn't it? Walking with the Lord. <clears throat>